Good morning. Today is Monday, May 31st, 2021. Everyone agrees fake news is a terrible problem in society today. It causes dissension. It puts lives at risk. We all agree. The difficulty is we disagree about which news is fake and which is true. And what makes this so problematic, so extremely difficult to solve, is our certainty. Because I am certain I know what is true and what is fake. And you, I don't mean, I'm not pointing a finger to any one of you, but I mean the hypothetical you, you are just as certain that I am dead wrong. And none of us should be surprised by this because it's been happening at least since the events of last week's Parsha in Baloscha. Last week's Parsha, we learned about the Jewish people traveling through the desert and they started to complain. The Jewish people started to complain. And they started to cry, literal tears, crying, sobbing. We remember the wonderful food that we had eating in Egypt for free. Not only was the food in Egypt delicious, but it was free. It was a bargain. Es hakishuim, es ha'avtachim, es ha'chatzir, es ha'btsolim, ves ha'shumim. We had watermelons and cucumbers and onions and garlic, everything you could want. The atta and now? Look at our situation now. Navshenu yevesha. Our souls are dried up. We are miserable. We are horrible. Hold on a minute. Let's just recognize how distorted a view of reality that is. In Egypt, they may have had cucumbers, but they were being beaten. Their baby boys were being killed. They were being persecuted. To remember fondly how it was in Egypt after they went through the miracle, the splitting of the Red Sea, the victory over Amalek, the other miracles that accompanied them through the desert. That is a level of selective memory and fake nostalgia that is astonishing. How could they possibly have forgotten how much they suffered in Egypt? Listen, please, to the words of Rabbi Moshe Tzvi He writes that when we learn these words, when we study this Parsha last week, every one of us needs to examine ourselves to see if we are doing the same thing. 
because very often we are. And it means that such a possibility in the world exists that there are powerful forces like these within the human soul. It is a part of human nature to be able somehow to arrive at a version, a view of reality that is completely distorted. And everyone, potentially, can fall into that trap. And then again in our Parsha, another example, a dramatic example, our Parsha of Shlach that we read this Shabbos. The Torah tells us, God says to Moshe, send a group of people and they're going to spy out the land and they're going to bring back a report. Well, we know, all know the terrible outcome. They bring back a report that frightens the Jewish people, that is very negative. The Jewish people become hysterical. God becomes very, very angry. And instead of being able to go directly into the land of Israel, they are punished. And that entire generation is forced to wander for a total of 40 years in the desert. And only the next generation is going to come into Israel. But listen to the report that they bring back. They came back, the spies. There were 12. Two of them gave a positive report, but the other 10 came back and they gave a negative report to the Jewish people. And here's what they said. The land that we were sent to spy out, that we were told to bring back a report, it is a land that eats up its inhabitants. It is a land that destroys whoever is there. You don't want to go to a place that eats its inhabitants. Well, I mean, that's a pretty serious problem. Rashi explains what was going on. Rashi says that when these 12 spies went into the land of Israel, of course, spies, they had to be inconspicuous. They had to be invisible. Okay. While they're traveling around trying to hide from everybody else, they see there are all these funerals going on. Funerals, wherever they go, there's a funeral here. And the next day, another funeral. Wherever they go, there's a funeral. So they come back and they say, everyone is dying there. It is a place that eats up its inhabitants. You don't want to go to a place like that. Our rabbis explain, though, it's true that when the spies were in Israel spying around, it's true that there were lots of funerals. But they misunderstood the reason. The reason was that God had compassion on these spies and they had to remain unseen. Well, how do you distract a population from 12 men walking around looking at everything? How do you distract them? Well, here's the best way to distract people. Nebuch. Send them to a funeral. If you're going to a funeral, you're not thinking about who's walking around in the background. You're consumed with your own grief. 
You're consumed with your own difficulty. It is the most perfect, excellent choice of how to distract the inhabitants from discovering these spies. So, yes, the fact is correct, but the inference that the spies drew from the fact was completely not only wrong, the opposite of the reality. And because of that, they created hysteria among the Jewish people, and God became very angry with the results that our Parsha tells us. So the first lesson in overcoming this problem of fake news is that every one of us needs to use critical thinking skills to differentiate between a fact and an inference. A fact may be objective, but what truth it is reflecting requires an inference. It requires judgment. It requires expertise. And we need to be careful that we differentiate between facts and inferences. And that is so much a problem that we see today. The Torah is teaching us a critical lesson. We, every one of us, that means me and it means you. So I'll talk about myself. I, I can have a distorted view of reality and the more certain I am, the more at risk I am of being wrong. So we, all of us, that means me and you, we need to, first of all, dial down our certainty. We need to do a better job. I, you, but I'll talk about myself. I, I need to do a better job distinguishing between facts and interpretation of those facts, inference from those facts. And all of us, I'll talk about myself, I need to devote myself to being an honest seeker of truth and not devote myself to trying to prove that I am right. There are so many examples going on where we need to learn this lesson. I'll just mention briefly two of those lessons. There are people today, some people today, who are hesitant about getting a COVID vaccine. And there are also some people who are not only hesitant, they are dead set against it. I think I have made myself clear about the importance of the mitzvah of getting a vaccine, even to set aside the laws of Shabbos, if that is the only way that you can get it, if that's the way that you can get it, to get it on Shabbos, if that's necessary. But to someone who disagrees with me, I say two things. And I want to make it clear, I'm saying it to myself at the same time. The first is, when there is a life and death question that affects not only you, but those around you, please 
Don't take advice from social media. WhatsApp and Facebook, those are not sources. All too often, they are echo chambers. They are designed to provide you with the opinions that already agree with what you hold. If you have a question, or if you read something that concerns you, distinguish between fact and inference and ask an expert. That's number one. And number two, don't try to be right. And again, I'm saying it to myself just like I'm saying it to every one of you. Don't try to find that my team, that my side is victorious. That's not the goal. The goal is to find the truth. So I'll give one last second example. And this is just shocking. Last week marked the Shloshim, the end of 30 days since the disaster at Meron on Lagba Omer. 45 people were killed. 102 people were wounded. Everyone agrees that there must be changes to prevent a reoccurrence. Everyone agrees. We do not want that ever to happen a bit again. No one disagrees with that. It was the worst civilian disaster in Israel's history. And yet, here we are over a month after that event. And every attempt to establish a formal state investigation into what went wrong and how to fix it Every attempt has failed. And if you don't know this already, you will not believe who has blocked it. The Haredi political parties in Israel. The victims, almost all of whom were from the Haredi population. No one wants anyone to be harmed within that population or anyone else. And their own political leaders are the ones who are blocking the investigation. Last week, there was a vote in Knesset to establish a state investigation commission. The Haredi parties convinced some of the other right-wing parties to walk out not just to vote against it, to walk out. One member of Knesset wrote the following about that incident. The more deeply I think about this, the less I understand how members of Knesset can disrupt, foot drag, and try with a thousand different excuses to prevent the formation of a state investigation that can uncover the truth and prevent the next disaster. What are you afraid of? Well, so, the Haredi political leaders have a number of 
reasons for their refusal. Number one, they say, <clears throat> a committee would take too long. We need the answers right away so that we prevent it from happening next year. A committee might take more than a year. <laughs> okay, fine. So you need to make changes right away. I understand that. But why should that interfere with a full and in-depth investigation? What has one got to do with the other? Another objection on its surface sounds reasonable. If it was a state investigation, it would be overseen by judges. And in Israel today, the judiciary is seen by many in the Haredi world with deep suspicion that the judicial system is liberal, anti-Haredi, and they don't want a, a, a group that is already, they feel against them and they're suspicious of to do the investigation. Okay, all right, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing, but but there was a proposal to have a parliamentary commission where the Haredi parties would sit on the commission and they defeated that also. Haredi parties had another proposal. Let's set up a committee to investigate that the chairman would be appointed by Interior Minister Aryeh Derry. I want to try to contain myself because I have spoken about this before, but Aryeh Derry on the surface is the politician that is perhaps most responsible for what happened at Meron. And then there's a quote. And this is a quote from one of the Haredi politicians who said, the reason, of course, it was said privately. He didn't think that this was going to be publicized. The reason we're against we have to make sure our people are not hurt. Our people, meaning our Haredi politicians. So, one more step. Because last week, a number of families who lost family members to the tragedy in Meron, the families were contacted by people from the Haredi political parties telling them that they should sign a letter opposing any investigation. The families were furious. How can you possibly suggest that we who, God forbid, have lost a family member in this tragedy do not want an independent investigation. It's, it's, it's outrageous. And they wrote a different letter 
we want to say in a loud, clear, unequivocal voice, without ambiguity, all the families speaking as one, that we demand only an independent state investigation commission. We are convinced that only a state investigation commission will conduct a comprehensive investigation. I want to finish with this. This is not me speaking. This is now Moshe Glasner. Moshe Glasner is a journalist within the Haredi world in Israel. So this is not me commenting on the Haredi world. This is within the Haredi world commenting on this subject. And he wrote as follows. After yet another disaster in the Haredi community, it's about time for all the various Haredi communities to grasp the message. Safety regulations, like health regulations, are not a Zionist plot against religion. That anachronistic way of thinking cost us lives in the pandemic, at Meron, and again on Shavuos. That's the message of our Parsha. Seek the truth. Don't seek to prove that your side is right. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. It is so wonderful to be back together with you. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.